Welcome to People of Purpose. People of Purpose. People of Purpose. People of Purpose. People of Purpose is a podcast of inspiring people whose stories help you see things differently, live with intentionality, elevate the way you participate in the world, and take the necessary leaps in your life to seek and find your passions. Come with us and develop the courage to wholeheartedly pursue your purpose and unleash your truest potential. I expect of myself to earn my seat every day just as I expect you to earn your seat. And culture comes from the top. And so if I don't set it, then nobody else is going to set it in the same way or it will become whatever everybody else sees it. It's having the willingness to dig back in over and over and over of what you believe in, whether it's comfortable or not. Nathan Brooks is the co-founder and CEO of Bridge Turnkey Investments, a Kansas City-based company renovating and selling more than 150 turnkey properties per year. Having more than a decade of experience in real estate investing, Nathan is a sought-after speaker, writer, and real estate coach. He regularly produces educational content to fuel his passion for helping other people learn about and find success in real estate investing. To this end, he started Bridge Real Estate Investing Meetup, whose tremendous growth earned it the title of largest meetup in Kansas City after only three months running. Nathan is a passionate leader, well-respected investor, and friend to everyone he meets. He currently lives in Kansas City on his 11-acre property with his wife and two children, where he loves to enjoy the outdoors, train MMA, and come up with new ideas for his business to crush. Hello, Nathan Brooks, and welcome to People of Purpose Podcast. Wonderful to see your smiling face on the show today. Tanner, what a pleasure, man. I, uh, I took a brief moment looking through the guests and the topics and stuff of what your podcast has been doing, and I just love the intentionality and the, uh, the positivity and uh, you know, purpose, to use the, the word. So yeah, I'm pumped, man. I, I'm looking forward to the conversation. Cool. Thank you very much. Um, I've been looking at what you've been doing for about six months now. Uh, you have basically the largest real estate meetup in Kansas City, which is where I have moved to. You do real estate. You're an entrepreneur. You own a, a very fast growing large real estate company. And I hope to be in those shoes in the future. Um, and it's been really cool to kind of get this mentorship through your Facebook group and through just kind of seeing your, you grow in front of me. Um, being on the same cover as like Grant Cardone and things of this nature. Uh, I imagine that's pretty humbling. And uh, for me, I feel humbled to get to meet you today in this sort of setting. I'm really excited for our conversation. Yeah, I'm excited for it too. And, um, and just so people should know, I, I literally was like, hey, I'm recording a podcast. I'd love to just jump on another one. Tanner was like, dude, let's do this. And I'm like, absolutely, let's do this. So, um, you know, I take it as much of an honor to be on yours and your time as, as it is for me. And, um, you know, I think, you know, one of the things we talk about in the meetup all the time is, you know, sometimes you're the student, sometimes you're the teacher and, mm -hmm. and, um, all these conversations always have an opportunity to learn and to help others. And, uh, so, you know, and as far as the magazine or whatever, it's, it's a blessing for me, it's a blessing for my team. And, uh, I try not to, I try not to, um, live into the, the uh, ego part of that and, and more about the blessing that it is to tell a story of our company. Mm -hmm. And, and so, you know, I haven't even thought about it to be honest. Uh, of course the day was fun to post it, the picture and, and share and the love that I did get, uh, which was, which was awesome. And, and uh, giving it right back to my team who does, 
you know, the amazing job of, of really doing the vast majority of the, of the work that produces the results. So it's a blessing. Of course. And I think it's the way that you handle things like that, that I've seen that made me think like, this is a no brainer. This is a person of purpose to me, like being highly successful as, as you seem to be is not enough criteria to be considered on a people of purpose podcast. I need someone that has more substance behind why they're doing this, what the intentionality is, what the vision, what the legacy is. Is it aligned with their authenticity? Are they living out their truest self? Are they growing in the ways that they're designed to grow? Um, is the world sharing in their gifts? And I, I just see all of that in you. Um, and it's been really cool. And I see a lot of myself in you too. Um, you gave me your purpose statement. You said a passion for leadership and culture through clear vision and empowering your team. This is very, very aligned with my role in my company right now too. Um, you're just like, you're leading at the top level with the visionary um, aspect to it. And you're, you're working through the people and the culture within the team. How, when and how did you begin to develop this sort of purpose statement? How did you know this was who Nathan Brooks is, whatever you put yourself towards? Well, you just said a lot of really great things um, as far as the focus of the podcast and what it does. And so I just want to go back one step first, if you don't mind. Okay. Uh, which is, um, you know, to somebody of purpose, right? And somebody of um, uh, depth or character or whatever that might be. And, you know, I'm not perfect. I screw up a lot. Um, I have a lot of ideas. I tell my team all the time too. I'm like, you know, when people come on board, it might be a little more colorful language than I would use here on a podcast, but you're going to screw stuff up. I'm going to screw stuff up. Uh, some days you are going to need to give me grace and some days I'm going to need to give you grace. And um, if we work in our core values, leadership, integrity, generosity, and driving, we operate with integrity with each other's best interest and solve the actual problems then we will get to the solutions that are the most important. And I tell my team all the time, so to the point of, you know, being successful or whatever that might look like, and clearly there's financial and emotional and uh, people and, um, you know, family rewards that come with whatever those definitions of success are. But I tell my team, I expect of myself to earn my seat every day, just as I expect you to earn your seat. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we routinely hear from our staff that our our business has a culture unlike most because we are serious about that and culture comes from the top. And so if I don't set it, then nobody else is going to set it in the same way or it will become whatever everybody else sees it and not, and not aligning within that culture. So all that to say, I, I love exactly what you're saying. And as a visionary, it is it is hard to overstate uh, what other pe what your influence is on other people, and as that grows, it's magnified, and so it's just this, it's just this tremendous responsibility and opportunity. So sorry for the uh, the long drawn out um, point on that, mm -hmm. but I, I liked what you said. Thank you, thank you very much. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, was there a point in your in the trajectory of becoming Nathan Brooks today that that you were kind of offline from this sort of purpose statement where you weren't really tapped into your, your greatest superpowers and your gifts and have this sort of wisdom that you, that you hold now. And, and what was that transition into purpose like for you? Whew. Um, you know, 
I think it's one of those things when if you, I'm not a very good rememberer of like details and stories or anything for that matter, Tanner, but um, to, to hone in on the super, superpower word, that's what I wrote down. Um, I think for a long time, I, I knew I had a superpower of creativity. So I played music professionally for a long time. I was in the mm-hmm. church world. I was in the bar, secular, you know, world uh, and got to play with some amazing people and I mean, there's, there's just another cultivating ground of, of maybe not being the best player, but how do you bring together the best possible people you can to have this experience and create this musical idea? And uh, it's, a, it's a brilliant and wonderful transformative experience when you are on a stage playing for thousands of people, which I've had the blessing of doing multiple times. And like it's it's far beyond what you could ever do by yourself and i've played solo mm-hmm. too but you know um so i think the superpower it's like the harnessing and distilling uh and then removal as much as you can of ego out of out of yourself and and truly in what the actual problem is and then the superpower itself is when you balance those things of of humility opportunity what the problem actually is and then being able to say i've been coaching on this literally obsessively for the last at least seven days ask a really specific very powerful question that is open-ended what or how questions which we learned from chris voss and is really to the actual point of what the problem is. So in our business right now, we're talking about the number of properties we land uh, that are starting under contract to close and versus that are closing. And uh, it's a big number and it's a big financial number at the end of that, if it's right or if it's wrong. And all the other things that we're doing in our business, whether it's buying houses or it's renovating houses, it's talking to a client, right? All those things are important, of course, but if we don't buy them, renovate them and sell them on time, revenue, right, is the ultimate driver of where your company is and how is it is success. And so what I realized was as a superpower, I have a lot of ideas, but that superpower is super destructive in the midst of solving a very important problem that has nothing to do with all your stupid ideas, mm-hmm. right? So you can't keep bringing ideas to a problem. It's like putting gasoline on the fire that's already started. Right. Because you're not, you're not solving the problem. You're just creating, you know, my business partner calls me Dr. Chaos. Like you just, you're just throwing stuff at it. And it's in, so it's the balance of the superpower to recognize sometimes Nathan, I actually can't bring more ideas. I have to actually bring better questions. And sometimes I can bring ideas and then give it to my team and say, all right, what do you see? Tear it apart. Do you like it? Does this make sense? Is this, um, you know, is this something that makes sense for us as a company? But oftentimes I find it's actually more about saying less and putting it right back at the people who we're working with on our team who are responsible to actually figure it out. I love that. I love that. That's so true. So yeah, you asked me and your guest doc to ask you what has fi- has you fired up right now. I, I guess I guess I want to see where you take us there, and then we can kind of circle back to this power of questioning because um, I agree with you, and I think that that's also one of the things I tend to focus on. I'm a natural interviewer. I'm curious. I want to dig into what drives people and what motivates people. What is it that has you fired up, and how are you applying your superpower to that? I am fired up about 
um, there's a book and a concept that I am just obsessed about right now, which is um, Who Not How by Dan Sullivan. And uh, all of a sudden, it and it wasn't like it wasn't something that I was already thinking about, but just like the book Traction uh, brought language or jargon or intersection of ideas with actual language that gave me a way to talk about a problem. Incredible book. Yeah. Oh, so good. Um, and rocket fuel too, you know, that, that goes with that integrity or in, um, integrator and visionary personality, but in uh, how they intersect. But for me, when I started thinking about the who, not how it's like, okay, every time we will naturally intersect or, you know, I'm a dad, I have a nine and six year old soon to be 10, seven year old. Uh, or my wife says something like, and I go to problem solve mode and that is the how, right? And instead the who, and if you think about the same thing in your business or the, or whatever is coming up where we automatically have this just systematic desire to put ourselves right back in the middle of solving the problem instead of saying, and this is back to the superpower question too, by the way, which is why I was so fired up when you asked that one, because it's like, all right, well, your superpower Nathan is, is I have, I'm not the smartest guy by any means, but I, my EQ is, is high, right? I, I have that emotional intelligence that I've been working on or cultivating on. And so I, I, if I'm at my best, you do a good job listening. And so I started listening to the conversations we're having and I'm like, wait, we just spent an hour on some dumb question that didn't solve the problem, that didn't help in leadership, that didn't help resolve an issue, and I am stuck in the middle of it. <laughs> ah! And who put myself there? Me. And so all of a sudden this recognition that uh, there are just a few questions, a few really, really excellent, wonderful, meaty, detailed, or really big questions that are separating whatever you are doing right now and the things that you are, you are, your intention is of doing. Mm -hmm. And what my fear constantly is, or that balance in my mind when I'm sitting on my back porch, having a cigar and a great bourbon, and I'm pondering the hell out of something. And I want to understand to the root of it. Right. And I want to understand how do I be the best leader to my team? How do I help inspire those, the people that we're asking to do those jobs? Are we asking the right questions to them that are producing the result? Are we putting the right inputs in the right level of data, which could be too much or not enough or the wrong things? And when I distill all those things that can kind of circle in the madness of your mind, uh, you have to be quiet and come back to what the real problem is and, and also what the vision was, which is what we started, right? Vision, people, culture, uh, which we can totally come back to too. But, um, but I had to tell you something else beforehand. Uh, at the end of the day, the visionary, you're setting that vision, you're setting that culture, you're setting that leadership. But then as you have people or other, anybody else involved in your idea, you have to let it go as a part of ownership of somebody else and then utilize and, and work on and figure out ways that you actually can help support them because they are working on your vision too. And don't forget that. 
And that, that it's so easy to forget that you have asked somebody else to own and, and love and um, massage and cry and bleed over something that you yourself has dream, jumped about. And, and mm-hmm. so, uh, again, I'm sorry with a whole long monologue, but I, I love this question and I love thinking about it and um, bringing your authentic self and your authentic mind and, and integrity of the concept in of the best of you can be and uh, applying it to these questions is is so important to me in, in the context of family or business, whatever it is. I love that. Have you had to train like a master class on how to ask great questions of yourself and of your team? What are like maybe three or four of those pillars or those principles of a great question? And how do you, how do you get yourself to generate those types of questions? Well, I've, I practice it all the time. And um, I would say if somebody's thinking about it, the Chris Voss never split the difference is a wonderful book. Great book. Uh, yep. <laughs> another one is um, Tony Robbins and limited power uh, in NLP, neurolinguistic patterns. Um, it's a monster, but you can distill a really, really phen- phenomenal question by uh, three things. I've never said this in this order, but it's, it's, it's um, cementing in my mind. First of all, you, you literally start with what or how, it's formulated actually as a question, not as a statement question, which a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and number three, you shut up at the end of it. And a lot of times people will actually ask one or two or three or four or five questions in a question. And so I'll give you an example. Like Tanner, I was really thinking about this one idea because I wanted to make, uh, you know, on the next deal we do, I was thinking about changing up the backsplash of the property. Notice I'm like great, great detail in the weeds. Uh, And I was looking at Home Depot and I was thinking that, you know, well, what would it look like if we just started buying all our tile from Home Depot? Question number two. While we are, you know, doing the renovation and I I really love that we uh, are are buying more houses, but I was really thinking that maybe all the color schemes we should be thinking, question number three, right? So, it becomes this like, you're not actually formulating question at that point. You're just trying to formulate some concept out of your mouth. So what and how question, short, succinct, important, be quiet. Mm-hmm. I'm going to practice that this interview. It's a tough one, man. And even I, I, I'm used to being an interviewer or an inter, you know, or a guest or whatever. Um, some of my favorite podcasts I listen to, whether it's Jocko Willink or um, Joe Rogan or, uh, you know, uh, Ed Milet. I think he's a great interviewer as well. And sometimes mm-hmm. those guys go, go on pontificating and uh, man, and I do too. And, and I've uh, probably already done it too many times in this interview, but when I'm at my best, it is by far the most effective thing because it's not only actually getting to the question, and it's not actually a question followed by you telling them what you feel about it already. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then, you know, as Jocko, I think would say in his book, if you look at dichotomy of leadership or you look at, um, and by the way, I'm not writing um, a number of books I mentioned. Uh, <laughs> it's not a, it's not a competition um, just to see how many, how many books I can uh, name, but I do love books by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, I see it, that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, extreme ownership it, talking about mm-hmm. like 
it's the commander's intent. Like ask a question, but did you already set the vision, right? And did you can give then autonomy and field of fire or their, their, their field to work in to go solve the problem? And mm-hmm. I think that's where we fail so many times. We fail ourselves and we fail our teams. We fail our families. Same thing, right? Ask your kid, hey, did you clean up? What does clean up mean? Right? Did you put, pick up your room? Did you, you know, put your, put your dishes in the dishwasher or whatever? There's, there's so many of those things that we could have less conflict and more uh, simplicity by just making it clear what the outcome yeah. is that we want. 100%. I agree with that a lot. Well, let's start with a basic tenet that has been assumed this whole conversation. What is purpose to you? What is purpose to me? Yeah, firing the big guns. Um, a nice <laughs> job with the what question followed by the question followed by the silence. You know, I think purpose can can take on different forms. Um, and I think that, you know, purpose can also be, I, I, I think of three different kind of um, areas in my life. I think about my, my business, my personal life and myself, me as an individual. And uh, so my purpose in my business is to be the best leader, you know, in understanding what is it that I am fulfilling in my role that brings what other people to use that same word, right. That I wrote down superpower. So my purpose, what do I, how do I, how do I affect and be the best leader in my business. Um, my purpose in my personal life is to be the best form of me that I can be. And that's, that's through ways that challenge me like martial arts or through hunting and sitting in five degree weather or my meditation practice. Uh, and in my family, it's, it's how do I affect my children and, and, and be the leader and represent love and kindness and um, compassion and patience in the development of my kids. And I think purpose can change. Um, and I think sometimes we try to make it something that's like this really, really complex thing. Um, and sometimes purpose can be, um, you know, overly simplified. But for me, I, I think of it in those different ways. And, and, you know, I have different responsibilities to each of those. Like, did I get my freaking workout in today? It kind of, I kind of wussed out. I didn't do a full, full workout. Um, and mm-hmm. my purpose is to make sure as a person that I, I commit to that stuff every day. I did get my meditation in, uh, I got work done. I got, you know, leadership in our business, kissed the kids. We played some, did Legos, you know, um, but, it's constantly, it's, it's having, it's having the willingness to dig back in over and over and over of what you believe in, whether it's comfortable or not. Purpose is having the willingness to dig back into what you believe in, whether it's comfortable or not. That's pretty wise. The only thing that is constant is change. Mm-hmm. And we have to be able to, you know, a book that uh, I just revisited was uh, Who Moved My Cheese? Have you yeah, heard of sure. this book? Yeah, of course. It's about this sort of concept, like how we have to embrace change and evolution and in these external things and develop kind of an internal locus of control where we can manage our lives independent of the outside circumstances going on. A question I have for you is, what is the purpose of, uh, of your business um, for your family? What kind of came first and how 
did that evolution take shape? Um, I'm, I guess I'm referring to the buy-in you've had to your business. Like a lot of people start businesses from a very, um, you know, like I'm doing it as a side hustle, a part-time thing. When did it become this super full on um, thing that was layered on top of your family? You know, I think it's, it's like an amalgamation, right? And in, um, as, as the development of the idea became clearer, then the offspring of that clarity becomes sharper vision, which then promotes opportunity to put the people into that, you know, uh, into the, into the growth of that rather than it just being an idea. And I think when, when we first started, you know, I always loved the idea of business and, and doing it. But I mean, I was a freaking musician, right? Hippie hair, <laughs> tie dye shirt wearing, uh, you know, going around the city or the, you know, Midwest or whatever playing music. And, um, but I, I always had passion for whatever I was doing. Almost mm-hmm. obsession, right? Not almost, you know, obsession. I, I obsess about whatever it is. And so if I'm doing it, I'm all in. And I don't want, I don't like small ideas. Uh, I don't like small goals. I don't want to buy one house. It sounds boring, right? I want to buy hundreds and hundreds, thousands of houses. And uh, and then, you know, the other cool part is the attraction of something that is exciting to you as the visionary also then can bring the attraction of other people who are attracted to that idea. And that's where that culture and the, the synergy of culture and, and ideas and leadership and mission uh, come together. And, you know, I think on top of that, as I started to recognize that from a financial perspective in the music world, as much as I love doing it, I wasn't going to be John Mayer. I wasn't going to be Taylor Swift. I wasn't going to be, you know, uh, whatever country or rap or whatever, uh, it wasn't going to be those guys. And, uh, and, or I wasn't willing to go and pursue it in the same way. Um, because I, I loved it for my soul. I didn't necessarily love it to make a living every day with it. Mm-hmm. And so all of a sudden you could start seeing like, all right, well, this can actually produce my wife being able to come home from work. And I remember, my children being born in that six week mark or eight week mark or whatever it is. And my wife is in tears and going to work some crappy job uh, that she didn't like. And I'm not saying people with jobs, you know, that, that I don't want people to misconstrue because we have people who work for our company. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, it, but it's an alignment of what you like your in your purpose or passion or whatever you want to say in an alignment with the core values uh and doing something that you enjoy doing. And I, and I deeply hope that I, uh, everybody on our team would say that they do enjoy and some days suck, right? We've had some challenges in our own business and it for, for people looking on the outside, you see the pretty pictures and the, and the well thought out posts and all that stuff. But I'm telling you right now, anybody listening to this podcast, whether you have just the seed of an idea or you have the, you know, X number of deals that you've done, whatever widget it is, ours is real estate or us, you know, we've done 540 houses. sounds really impressive. We still have problems, you know? And so 
it's and it's that same application whether it's in my business or whether it's in my personal life or my family that we we come back to it and recognize what it is right this business is to help serve our team it's to serve our clients and to serve myself and my business partner and our families mm-hmm. and to put it in its place of what it is what that living breathing thing that is a business and it is people and it is not perfect and allow it to serve and grow and breathe and become something that you cannot imagine even what it is um, as it grows because it's no longer just yours to control because other people have influence and they have the massaging and, and, and changing and creating of it too. So, uh, you know, I think it's just been a gift and it's, and it's been a, a one heck of a challenge. Uh, and, and when people say they want to just go be a business owner, guess what? It's really hard. Uh, you gotta, you have to actually want to do that. And, and it doesn't happen overnight. You know, so of course I'm sure some people do, but, uh, you know, you can't look where, where other people are. You have to look where you are and where you want to go. Right. And that's quite a transition from being like a, a soul centered musician to, moving into this industry that's full of drive for profit and revenue. And, you know, you're now like a, a face of a market. You're one of the key figures that I am aware of in our, in our market that's active in a way that's like kind of grouping people together and being that, that um, I don't know, that high level networker that's moving people in the right direction and so forth. And it comes with a certain degree of responsibility and, you have to be bought in to, to fulfill that responsibility or, or you put yourself in a position, a lot of people, a lot of people down. Yes. And, and also being in integrity with yourself and the things that you're doing and representing are actually you. And, uh, you know, I think it's so easy for people to get wrapped up into a business or an idea or the, themselves or money or whatever it is. And they, they, they objectify those things versus being and living and uh, growing within themselves and letting that be an outward, um, you know, communication and, and example mm-hmm. of themselves. And so, like you said, you know, whether it's the meetup or, or, um, you know, our business or whatever, I, we do have, uh, the opportunity to, to share our brand a, a lot in, um, mm-hmm. and in some really cool ways. And so, you know, but you're only as good as what you just did, uh, and, and that's the mm-hmm. thing that keeps you honest and humble. And, and so uh, we as a company and me as a person, we, I, have to, I have to continue operating with that integrity and continue operating with that intention. And we have to do that as a company too and, and not get caught up in, in you know, whatever size our company is or whatever magazine you got put on and, and um, just, just call it what it is. It's a tool. It's a, it's an opportunity. It's a blessing. And, um, and, uh, but we're not that magazine and, uh, and we are the people that make up this mm-hmm. business and we're the people that make up our family and, and, uh, we, we keep growing and, and so forth. And, and that is why you attract people because you, you are real and you are living and operating in integrity. Thank you for listening to part one of this interview with Nathan Brooks on encompassing passion for leadership and culture through clear vision and empowering your team. Be sure to listen to next week's episode as we wrap up our conversation with Nathan talking about the top indicators of success that he tracks for himself, how and why he got into mixed martial arts, 
what his learning process is, and lastly, his legacy and vision.